Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I'm just going to do a review of a course that I did at Optima 2020, and it talks about high-intensity interval training, and while high-intensity interval training is not new to our industry, there's still many fitness professionals who may welcome a refresher or an update on the science behind and the benefits associated with this really popular type of training. So using body weight, bands, and towels, I take participants in this workshop through so that they can experience different work to rest programming options to maximize outcomes. So if you have clients, we're gonna be looking at uh, those who want to lose fat, increase strength, and enhance aerobic and anaerobic capacity because who doesn't? You will not want to miss this engaging hands-on workshop or at least the podcast version of it. Also, I wanted to remind you guys about our upcoming Optima virtual conference. It's taking place online October 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, and we are going fully digital again this year, giving the attendees access to more than 100 fitness-related uh, fitness professionals and related info that they can just jump into, you can head to nasm.org slash virtual dash optima dash 2021 to get more info about this year's slate of events. You are listening to the NASM CPT podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optima 2020. Virtually, virtually, I wish that I were there with you. I wish you were here with me, but it is what it is. So let's get to it. I want to do a few things, just some housekeeping things before we get started. Number one, I live in New York City. You, at some point during this hour session, will find that out. So you're going to hear some sirens go by. You're going to hear uh, people yelling at each other. It's life, all right? But this is what it would be like if you were training with me. So live a little. Secondly, um, I periodically be checking my text messages during this. Just kidding, my clicker. All right, so I'm going to use this to change the slides. Just know I'll be going back and forth to grab my phone, flipping it open, and I want to acknowledge that. So the next thing, very important, you have to participate. This is not designed for you to watch me perform exercises, and this is not a lecture. This is a workshop. This is something that you are supposed to be a part of, and I want you to participate. So here's what you need. You need body weight, so you got that. Well done. Way to bring that with you. You need a band of some sort. So I've got a power band here. I've got some uh, bands with uh, loops and handles over there that I'm going to be using. But whatever you got, let's do it. And then the other thing, very important, because we're gonna spend some time with these. I'm gonna need you to get a towel, a towel. So get a one large towel. Uh, and if you have a beach towel, don't get it. That's too big, just a regular bath towel will be fine. And then we can also practice these with two smaller towels, so little hand towels that you may have in the kitchen drawer, uh, hanging up in the bathroom. So take a moment. I will stall, continue to talk, but stall while you go and grab those things. Again, body weight, you got it. Bands, if you have those, because it is uh, body weight, towels, and bands. So grab those towels, grab the bands, bring it back, and let's get started. So we're going to get started talking about high-intensity interval training. Mom, not right now. High intensity interval training. So that's me. Oh, my name is Rick Ritchie. I don't know if I introduced myself. My name is Rick Ritchie and I'm going to be teaching the, the course today. High intensity interval training is good stuff. So this is our agenda. Hit training and it's really good. It's really good. The science is backing it up and I think that the industry is backing up the science and there's a big push towards a lot of high intensity or at least high effort uh, interval training. And so we're gonna talk about high intensity interval training, but we're also gonna talk about metabolic conditioning because within intensity training, we have to have breaks that are there. We're not gonna necessarily take that many breaks. So we're gonna do a lot of metabolic conditioning, which will be a part of what we're talking about as well. Body weight, 
towels, bands. Let's talk about HIIT training, high intensity interval training. Y'all, it's really good. It's really good. So here's what we're looking at. We're looking at a max heart rate of between 80% and 95% of your max heart rate. So if your max heart rate is 170, then you would take 80 to 95% of that 170. And that would be what you would be working in. But here's the thing. It's, it's all time dependent. So what you would do is there's a work to rest ratio. And in high intensity interval training, the work to rest ratio is either one to two, uh, sorry, one to one, one to two, or one to three work to rest ratio. So for instance, if we do something for 30 seconds, let's make it easier. We went to school for gym. So math, not the strong suit. So follow me. Let's go for 10 seconds at first. We're going to get 80 to 95% of our intensity. So we're working hard for 10 seconds, but a one-to-one -one ratio says, well, now you get a 10 second break and you go again for 10 seconds, take a 10 second break. One to two ratio, 10 seconds of work. And then we've got 20 seconds of break. And then another rest period would be 10 seconds of work and then 30 seconds of break, so that's a one to three work to rest ratio. I know a lot of us don't even like to rest when doing high intensity interval training, and that then doesn't make it interval training, does it? It just makes it high intensity work, or at least a lot of load and a lot of effort within that. So we will want to incorporate some breaks, but it doesn't mean that we have to stop working during our break, we might actually stop working one muscle group and work another muscle group during that break so that one, the muscle group that we just worked can start to recover. Here's the thing. We're still gonna build up a lot of acidosis within our system. So we're gonna hit this, this, uh, this burning sensation that's going to happen and we might bonk. So that's okay, that's part of the metabolic conditioning, which we're gonna get to as well. So why incorporate high intensity workouts and really, here's what I like about it is, um, you know, you're going to be working at a really high intensity. So it's going to be a, a low time. You spend a lot less time doing a workout and you hear people say, say oh, you got you to gotta work out for an hour. No, 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 not high intensity interval training. So you could do really, really quite short amount of time and get a lot of work in and that work to rest ratio. Uh, you can manipulate that a little bit in order to make that work in your favor with your time constraints. The other thing is, how do you incorporate it into your workout? Safely. And I think it probably should have been the first one that I mentioned. You got to do safety first. And so some of the exercises that I'm going to show you today, they're relatively safe exercises, but there's nothing inherently dangerous about exercises. It's just how exercises are performed that makes them dangerous. And it can be the speed at which they're performed. It can be the weight at which you're performing them. So it really, it's not the exercise. It is how and if they can be done well and done in good form. So your job as the trainer to watch, pay attention, and to make sure that they're not just executing the exercises, but they're executing them safely and in proper form. And that's going to be the first thing that should be focused on. The other thing is that, well, I want to know that, that it's safe. I want to know that I can do this efficiently time-wise, but I want to do it also effectively. And if we're going to be results-based trainers, and I think we should be, what other type of trainer is there? Hey, I'd like to come to you to get results. Well, I would give them to you, but I have different plans. No, we want to give our clients why they showed up to us. So this is a really effective means, particularly for people who are looking to get uh, to lose weight People who are looking to increase aerobic capacity, it can be done through anaerobic training as well. Not as effectively, but there's a transfer to training effect. When aerobic work is, when anaerobic work is done, you do get some aerobic benefits as well. So there are health outcomes that are great, and there's some wonderful research out there that shows not just people uh, that are there to lose weight. We're talking about people that have heart disease that have started doing high intensity interval training. And I mean, years ago, you would never even think about having somebody with heart disease do high intensity work. And remember, everything's relative. And these were done under controlled conditions, but it didn't increase any, um, 
uh, morbidity or mortality rate by doing the high intensity work and the feedback that they gave, the qualitative feedback that the people gave from doing the high intensity work that had heart disease was that they loved it much more than doing aerobic work, but they also got incredible health benefits from doing it. So if you are gonna do this with clients with contraindications, consult the physician, their physician, not just a physician, <laughs> consult their physician. And, uh, and then you can even give them some of the data that's out there on it and see if they will clear them for some of that type of training. Um, and the other thing is that it provides a lot of variety. The high intensity interval work. Now, if you only do high intensity work, you can do a lot of variety when it comes to exercises, but you don't provide uh, variety with high intensity and other types of exercises. You still need to check that at the door and make sure that you're giving a lot of variety. But the high intensity work inherently has a, uh, a variety component to it that makes it quite nice. So let's move on to the next slide. I'm gonna have you look at it. We're gonna spend some time going over some slides, just chatting. So first half is gonna be maybe hopefully not that long, uh, me talking, sorry. And then the next part of it, we're gonna be doing some stuff together. So get ready. Here we go. Benefits to high intensity interval training. Some of the benefits, yes, we talked about benefits time efficient. Um, there are fitness and health benefits to it. We talk about increasing VO2 max, which really you would think is aerobic capacity, but that our anaerobic work helps to increase that aerobic capacity. So that's pretty good. Health benefits, we see so many things, anaerobic and aerobic performance, improves in, improvements in fat oxidation. So how well we oxidize fat and break it down, this uh, beta oxidation, our blood pressure, we see the decrease in blood pressure, which is interesting, right? Because when you start to increase your work, it is an acute increase in blood pressure. But when the workout is over, there is a decrease in overall blood pressure from the high intensity work. There's cardiovascular health that benefits from it. Cholesterol profiles seem to, to benefit from it. So we're talking about an overall drop in cholesterol, but you also see that ratio drop between the LDL and the HDL ratio and that to get to, to, to I'm not gonna say normalize, some, some people I'm sure it will, but at least the ratio gets better. It's a, it's a better look at what's going on with um, the cholesterol profiles. Abdominal fat. This one I think a lot of people gotta gravitate to. There's some really good studies and I may have them in these slides, but if I don't have them in the slides, I will talk through it and just give you some examples of some of the abdominal fat studies. But there's a, they're done with a high intensity group and a control group, and it was um, that that all did exercise. So the control group, well, I guess um, they did aerobic exercise and they balanced it out for the same amount of calories being burned between each group and the high intensity group. The abdominal fat decrease in that group was far greater than the group that was doing the aerobic exercise. So decrease in abdominal fat in particular, body weight decrease, hormone response. And there are a lot of hormones that respond to high intensity exercise, but we see an increase in anabolic hormones that starts to build, which is good because you break down your body quite a bit during the high intensity work, that catabolic breakdown. So the increase in anaerobic hormones benefits us post-workout. Excuse me. And then we have another one and the increase in insulin sensitivity. Now I'm type two diabetic. So for me, increase in insulin sensitivity is highly indicated. So we've got 34 million people who have uh, diabetes in this country. And that's not just limited to others. So diabetes, and then we have metabolic syndromes, which we see that start to branch out higher and higher and insulin sensitivity is very important. It's an important part of this process and also happens to be an anabolic hormone. And so we need that in order to build back up. So I think that there's a pretty solid benefits list right there. Let's look at the next slide. Click. There it is. All right high intensity interval training. Before you get into it, uh, warm up and cool down. Now, you guys, you know, 
NASM all the way. So I'm looking at an OPT warm-up. An OPT warm-up could be some, some cardio as a light warm-up, but certainly foam rolling, stretching, depending on what you're doing. So that might be and where you are in the OPT model. That could be some active stretching, could be dynamic stretching, depending on how chronic and how tight you are. That might also simply be some static stretching as well as a corrective exercise strategy before going into some of these high intensity things. Uh, again, everybody wants an answer and the answer is it depends based off of your assessment, your evaluation of your client. So your workouts are generally gonna last 20 to 30 minutes, but it can last up to 60 minutes. It's a, it's a long time. But as you start to incorporate the rest into that, if we look at even a one-to-one -one ratio and a 30-minute workout, 20-minute workout, then that's a 10 minutes of work. Now, you can shift that and say, well, let's get a one-to-one -one ratio, and that's going to be 20 minutes of work, and it'll take 40 minutes to accomplish that. So um, you can fit all of this within an hour-long workout, even when you add that warm-up. The idea is that during this phase of work, you're increasing your heart rate to 80 to 95% of your max heart rate. During the rest, you want it to drop down to about 40 to 50. Now, the fitter you are, the faster it drops. So if you can use a heart rate monitor, I happen to have an Apple Watch. Uh, I know that there are people out there that use all sorts of trackers, whether it's Fitbits or Whoops or all the one polar heart rate monitor, wonderful tools and modalities out there that you can measure your heart rate. These are fantastic tools to utilize. So you can see how hard you're pushing yourself and getting the heart rate up but also to see what your recovery is. So you do need to give your time, your heart rate time to recover, and then boom, you can take that intensity right back up. And optimal work to rest ratio, we're looking at a one to two, one to three ratio. One to one ratio is fine if you have the fitness to perform that. So one to one ratio is fine if you've got the fitness to perform it. But we notice that if you only, let's say you do a 30 second work and do 30 second break, and you do 30 seconds to work again and only a 30 second break, you're, you're able, your intensity to push yourself harder and harder. It's a, it's a lot of effort, but the intensity usually does not and cannot stay elevated. So is it a high intensity interval training or is it Metcon or metabolic conditioning? And metabolic demands for local musculature. So what we may see and what we may experience during our workout today is Maybe it's not high intensity interval training where our heart rate's going up that high, but maybe we're doing something really short. Maybe we're doing something quick, some rapid movement, but we're fatiguing a muscle group or a particular area. So our heart rate's going to go up, but we're going to get this incredible build in acidosis. So lactate, uh, lactic acid starts to build up within the muscle. And that's not one of those things that you feel days later. Uh, lactate will get taken into our system and metabolized in about 60 to 90 minutes, but that buildup can be what, quite challenging. And we want to increase our ability to buffer that lactic acid. Uh, it increases local metabolic demands that may not get the heart rate up to 80% of the one rep max. And it's going to be a lot of effort, but your local musculature is going to start to fatigue before your heart rate catches up to it. <clears throat> Tempos may vary. You can do some things really slow and you can do some things really quickly. So for instance, uh, as far as conditioning is concerned, you could do things like push-ups. And if you're strong at doing push-ups, let's say you could probably do 40 at a pop, then, then doing push-ups, you can do them really quickly and that's gonna increase your heart rate. That's gonna increase your metabolic conditioning. Your heart rate's gonna go up, you're gonna feel, but, you could also slow it down quite a bit and increase the metabolic demands that are there. It might not get your heart rate up as high, but it will increase some metabolic demands as well. You might have some elevated DOMS when you create that slower, uh, slower movement, that slow tempo, and that's okay. And I put it in there at, in parentheses, short term. And the reason it's short term, because if you're doing bodyweight exercises, eventually your muscles will catch up to it and you won't get as sore when time goes on or as workouts continue. And then finish one exercise and start another that's a different body part. 
So you might do an upper body exercise. It's called a peripheral heart action. So you might do a lower body, upper body, lower body, upper body. And that way you're resting one body part while another body part is working. And that's quite challenging for a lot of people. And that also allows our demand for um, our metabolic demand to maintain increase. Uh, I said that very awkwardly, but no take back. So let's move on to the next slide. Let's get into the high intensity interval training when it comes to body weight exercises. So my question to you is what's typically considered the ultimate high intensity body weight exercise? It's the one that everybody hates to do and it, some people love it, but they are weird people. What's that exercise? Yeah, yeah, it's probably burpees. Burpees are nasty. Um, and the reason why they're considered a lot of times the ultimate body weight high intensity exercise is, is really for a lot of reasons. One, um, you're changing elevation. So anytime you change elevation, just simply think walking upstairs and how much more challenging or just walking up a hill, how much more challenging that is than walking straight ahead. So changing the elevation where we're squatting down, right? we add a push up into it oftentimes. And then not only are we standing up, but a lot of times we require a jump at the end. So to produce enough energy to actually not just get up off of the ground, but to leave the ground creates an additional metabolic demand and increased need for intensity to push through and leave the ground. So it's a great exercise. Sometimes people say, oh, I don't like, a, uh, I don't like burpees because they don't, they don't prepare you for anything. It's not the point of it. The point of it, of a burpee is not to prepare you for anything, unless you're like a, a wrestler right, or MMA, and it could be like sprawling if somebody shoots after you. But the point of it is to increase metabolic demand. And that's what you're training for. That is certainly what that provides for you. So it's a great exercise for the outcome that we're looking for. What are some other body weight exercises that we can do? Well, here are a few of them. I'm going to back up a little bit. We've got speed squats. So a lot of times people do squats, right? And we want people to do squats, but in here in a speed squat, right? Where you're, you're dropping down and coming back up quick. I did, I don't know, I think I just did three or four. I don't know how fast I did them, but doing a speed squat, doing it with speed certainly challenges the body. I'm gonna shift this down so you get a better look on what's going on from a distance. Okay. I think I can sing that much without any licensing infringement. All right, so speed squats, scissor jumps or switching lunge jumps. Now, I don't plan on us doing these together necessarily, but when we get to the towel work, we're gonna work together. So we can do a few of these together, but not for time. So we may not do these 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. But just let's join me for just a quick 10 repetition speed squat, right? 10 repetition speed squats. You can get your arms involved if you want to, or you can keep your arms right here in front of you and just drop and pop, okay? Here we go. 10 reps. See if you can beat me. Ready, set, go. Oh, you're very fast. You're very fast. Good. So it's a 10 speed squats. Now, it's not that challenging, but we did 10 squats in less than 10 seconds. So we multiply that by three, and I start to feel, right, like that's, it's starting to move up a little bit, but not a lot. That challenge is going to increase greatly, especially we start to leave the ground. So the next one that's on the list are these scissor jumps, so these switching lunge jumps, and they look like this. And I'll show you from the side, right? Here, and you see people switch, right? They 
switching lunge jumps to the scissor jumps. Those would be a great exercise you can do, but something that you really have to pay attention to is your landing. Anytime you leave the ground, it's important that you land softly, especially if you're gonna repeat a jump. So a lot of times in the last several years, I haven't seen it as much, but for a while there was a lot of hard landing and they land and they don't really absorb forces. Well, you can do that, but what you can't do after landing like that is immediately go again. So in order to rebound, you have what a lot of times referred to the stretch shortening cycle uh, or the NASM will refer to it sometimes as the integrated performance paradigm where you have this eccentric lengthening followed by a concentric um, uh, accelerated movement. And that all depends on how well our neuromuscular control is, which is kind of balanced. Um, stabilization at the joints and stabilization of our core. So if we can stabilize that, then everything else is about that kind of immediate stretch shortening cycle, but you have to eccentrically control those landings. Partial lunges for speed. Now we did this in a balance workshop as a conditioning exercise. So this is it, this is it. It's a very shallow lunge like this. Up and back down. Up, back down. Now, let's do it on repeat. Let's get 10 repetitions. Here we go. All right. All right. So that might start to feel a little burn, not 10 repetitions maybe, but as you start to pick up your speed, doing that for 30 seconds on, and then maybe a minute off or 30 seconds one leg, 30 seconds the other leg, take one minute off. So it's a one-to-one -one work to rest ratio, but it's a two-to-one work to rest ratio for each leg. Does that make sense? I can explain it later if you didn't. That's my fault if it wasn't clear. Push-ups, you can do push-ups as well. So push-ups can be part of your body weight high intensity interval training. If You've ever gone all out doing push-ups, especially quickly, they're very challenging. But one of the things that I do too, is when you do push-ups, I'm gonna come all the way over here. I think you can see me. If I drop down to the floor, yes, this big push-up. And I can do that. But also you see partial push-ups in there. So a partial push-up is how most people do push-ups, but they're here. I'm going to tell you right now, doing very rapid partial push-ups, and you can even do the partial push-up and then extend, I'm sorry, flex the wrist so you're in an extended position, almost like you're going to do a jump, is a great exercise. And so you're going to increase whether or not it's high intensity, get your heart rate up enough. When you get to the next set, your upper body is resting another body part starts working, that heart rate's gonna go up and up and up. Is it high intensity interval training or is it metabolic conditioning? We don't know. It just depends on the person, to be honest. So jumping pull-ups, I don't have anything to show a jumping pull-up, but I love jumping pull-ups, even if you can't do a pull-up, right? So if there's a bar up here, you're gonna jump up, grab the bar and maybe you only pull up this high. Maybe that's the highest you can pull up. Maybe you could do a full pull up, especially with a jump. That's fantastic. But it's super challenging exercise. It's a great exercise to add into your programming. When you make your list of things that you wanna do for high intensity exercises, this is an excellent one to add into the programming. And then you've got running drills and jumping drills. And of course, the running drills, we all know high knees and butt kicks, and there's all these jumping drills where you go straight up and down. You might go uh, frontal plane, sagittal plane, might start to turn into your plane of motion, adding the transverse plane, all fantastic. And then you can add more dynamics. They're wonderful. Add them in, 
I don't know if you need me to help you with some of these exercises because you could come up with some of the best exercises in the world. And the thing is, it's not about coming up with the exercise. It's about how do you program the exercises? So making sure that you're trying to elevate that heart rate up to 80% or you're trying to create metabolic demands out of each one of these muscle groups. And then as you continue, start to up the heart rate. And then you add your rest back into it. Adding the rest is an important part. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with Fabio Camana on the NASM CPT podcast. And he was very clear, like focusing on effort versus intensity can be really challenging. But if you focus on effort, that's gonna be a lot more metabolic conditioning, but you're not giving yourself enough time to fully recover. This type, based off of the, the information that I'm giving you with the one-to-one, one-to-two, one-to-three uh, work-to-rest ratio, that does not provide that does not provide a high intensity workout that allows 100% uh, of capacity after resting only a one, even a one to three ratio, unless you're a very elite athlete and that recovery process comes quickly. So that challenge is definitely there and the high intensity is asking for a lot of work to be done, but it also requires some rest to go along with it. All right. So this one I thought was kind of funny. Uh, I'm going to read this because our next exercise is going to be a towel exercise. So check this out. Um, a towel, the hitchhiker guide to the galaxy says, is about the most massively useful thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have, partly because it's great practical value. You can wave your towel in emergencies as a distress single, and of course, you can dry yourself off with it if it seems to be clean enough. Well, that is almost the perfect reason to go along with towel exercises. And when you do towel exercises, if it's clean enough when you're done, you will certainly need it to wipe the sweat off of your brow. So John Brookfield, and the reason you may know his name is that he was the creator of battling ropes. And he's one of the guys that, that says if you don't have a rope, then a towel is a wonderful substitute for a rope. So Aaron Drogozewski and I, who is a NASM master instructor as well, uh, we worked together on a project called the Daily Move Challenge, and we put together numerous towel exercises and incorporated that into training programs. The feedback was incredible. People love the towel exercises. So reach over and grab your towel. Go with the big towel first. Again, if it's a if it's a, a large bath towel or a beach towel, you're gonna want to have to choke up on that because it's it'd be very challenging. So let's get into some of the towel exercises. The first towel exercise is gonna be waves, right? So all you're gonna do, kind of think of the um, kind of a typical exercise that you would do with um, with the ropes and that's what we're going to do with the towel so this is a big towel i'm going to going to choke up on it a little bit or i'm going to fold the end that i have and then as you fold it see i've got several folds right there for this big towel and then you're going to want to pull it taut like this all right so doing the exercises with it sagging in the middle actually is uh is hard to control the towel and it's the towel control that's very important. Make sure that you do not have any small children around uh, or even larger ones. And uh, there is nothing that you could knock over in your immediate vicinity because <laughs> as you practice this, you probably will knock it over. So first thing is there's a sound that comes with the wave. So I'm gonna come over here and I'm gonna start waving the towel. Be very careful when you do this that the towel does not come back and pop you in the face. So when you do this, you're, you're reaching out, not straight up and down, because if you just go straight up and down, see how this whips back? So you're whipping out like this. Yeah. Roll over. Okay, I only did that for a few seconds. 
It is gassing. That is a challenging exercise. My shoulders are feeling it. My heart rate's starting to go up. And I did it for maybe five or six seconds. And it's that sound, of, the sound of that popping sound. That's the sound that you want your towel to make when you do this exercise. Careful, careful. It's, and you may not start that way. I don't expect that you just pick up a towel and for the first time ever, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, of course, and be able to get that sound. You may, fantastic. Be careful with it, all right? So smacking yourself, uh, especially like snapping a towel in your face hurts. So practice slowly and you may get it where it rolls over on itself. Frustrating for sure. Simply roll it back, kind of like jump rope. Right? When you're jumping rope and as the pros do it, jumping rope and then you mess up, boy, they keep going. They pretend that they're still jumping rope until they actually get the rope going to catch up with them. When you think about the towel being the same way, you get it messed up, just unroll it if it rolls over and go right back, go right back to it. All right, so those are the waves. The next one, these are called dusters. So rather than grabbing the sides like this with the palms down, you're gonna reach over the top in the side. So you're not just grabbing the side of it, you're reaching over the top right here. And the reason they call these dusters are kind of like if you, uh, you're trying to clean off uh, a dirty mat or something in the house you pick up off the floor and you want to clean it up. So when we move this way, there we go. All right. I made some sounds. I made some, some sounds as if I was working hard. Uh, to be honest, I was, this is a lot of intensity. Right? As you push that forward and backwards, and you're trying to get the towel to wave, you're trying to get it to do this wave right here. And again, still trying to get these sounds, you'll hear almost a little popping sound as you do it. Very good exercise, very challenging exercise. Certainly 30 seconds of waves or 30 seconds of dusters, it's awful. So <laughs> the challenge is real when adding those into your repertoire. We had another one called sidewinders. So a sidewinder is taking the towel back and forth, okay? I'm hitting this, or I'm gonna turn this way, okay? So sidewinder, back and forth, and there are different ways. Some people just grab like this and go side to side. I sometimes will switch my hands over. Look at all this technique to towels. We had no idea, no idea. So again, grabbing, pulling wide. Challenging in the core for sure, because it is a quick, Stop and return. Do you go this way? Stop and return to go back the other way. So it gets to be quite challenging. The rapidity of this movement, how fast this moves is a big part of the challenge that exists. And because we're doing these things quickly, then that challenge certainly elevated, makes things quite difficult. So your next one is going to be chops. So, there are multiple ways that you can do chops, but I think here I'm gonna go up, rotate my body and have this up and then come down. Remember, keep the towel out, keep it away from you. Don't just go straight up because when you come down, if you come down close to your body, when you're up and drop this down, the towel will slap you. It might snap you. So be careful that it's not up and down, but it's out. Get it away from you, out, away from you. Out and out. So you do your chops and then switch sides. See the arms away from your body. Keep the arms away. You do this. Towel away, not this. 
not with the forearms. And you don't do that with the ropes either. No, I'm just do forearms. Arms, arms, arms. Keep it away from you at least. If you're doing ropes that way, ropes not gonna come back and hit you. Towel most certainly can, so be careful. Next one with towel. <clears throat> it's an interesting strategy here. Uh, you literally just wadding up the towel and going up overhead and you're gonna slam it down. This is great because just like the towel can serve as your proxy for your ropes, for battling ropes, your towel is going to serve as a proxy for your medicine ball in order to do your slam. So you take your towel overhead, So satisfying. It's so satisfying. So you can do that in your house. You're not going to ruin your floors. If you have downstairs neighbors, you may or may not bother them. I don't know. I don't know. So you can implement this in your house without damage. Won't damage your towel. Won't damage your floor. Won't damage your ego because it's light and you can do it. So, and then the last thing on here, you see in the parentheses that says resistance work too. And that's simply using your towel, and we can move this away from like high intensity interval training right now, and just focus on resistance. And you can do all sorts of different stuff. You can put the, the towel on the floor and row and focus like isometric pulls. I've done abduction so i'm just pulling as tight as i can away you can do that and add these rows in it now again this is not part of the high intensity interval training or metabolic conditioning but it is a resistance training component that you can add um, and then i've also done things just as training muay thai uh, where i might also practice my knees into the towel and then switch and practice my knees into the towel and that can amplify the intensity at which you work out and incorporating towels into your training system it's pretty cool actually using the towel i get a lot of great feedback with clients when i do towel work um, sometimes it's not great feedback i pull out a towel and they go oh no uh they i think they like it i think they like it all right let's move on to the next one let me get my clicker open and connected all right, band exercises. Y'all have done band exercises. I know you have, and I actually quite like band exercises. One of the things about band exercises, you could do some really powerful, uh, some really intense work with bands, and they have some really strong bands that you can work with. This particular instance, I'm not talking about adding like a, a strong band necessarily. Um, a relatively light intensity band could be nice, but think about this. Think about the band work we're gonna be doing as cardio meets resistance training. And sometimes people will say, oh, it's a, it's a weight, so it must be resistance training, but it's not heavy enough. So are you really just doing cardio instead? Well, you could do that with like five pound dumbbells. That'd be the same. You could do it with no weight or a towel and it'd be the same. There's a resistance component, but there's a metabolic component. That demand where we are burning calories and we are increasing our metabolic output. The high intensity work that we're gonna build up into. So think about cardio meets resistance training. Um, the speed at which we're doing these things, these, this is power. Uh, it, is, it is moving quickly. So that tends to be in the power phase, but I want you to think about power endurance. So we usually say for intensity's sake, you will, might take a light weight and move it as fast as you can, but you'll only do 10 repetitions, maybe eight repetitions. And clients will go, but I can do more. I can do more than eight repetitions with a lighter medicine ball, even sometimes with a heavier medicine ball. And the point of power training isn't to get exhausted. It is to move as fast as you can and then relax 
So your next set, you can move as fast as you can. That's not what we're doing with this. That is not what we're doing with this. So think about now doing the speed of power and it's gonna dwindle after about, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds for the best of us as our ATP creatine phosphate system starts to tank and we've gassed out on our creatine and now we move into this glycolytic system, this anaerobic glycolytic, but we're working through that glycolytic phase. So it's like starting off with power, but adding endurance into that power. So we're pushing as hard as we can. Um, it's anaerobic, it's anaerobic. Now it might be exhausting more for a body, uh, um, uh, a body part before you start to elevate your heart rate as high as 80%. So with that being said, again, there's metabolic conditioning going on for body parts, but you may not get your heart rate up as high as 80% to 95% of your one rep max. Now you may, you may, and as the work continues, you will, regardless, you keep working and minimizing your rest or limiting your rest, it's gonna catch up with you. All right, so band exercises. I've got my band connected over here to the wall. So it's got a, mine has a loop on it. And so I've hooked it onto the other side of this. And that way I can pull forward and my stagger stance. And so what I'll have people do sometimes is um, I'll have them do exercises where <clears throat> they might challenge their, their muscles, heavier weights with, um, uh, with a pressing exercise. And then rather than doing a uh, stabilization strength or strength stabilization superset, I might progress them to having a strength supersetted with this metabolic conditioning or a higher intensity exercise. So they take the band after they've done maybe a dumbbell chest press, and then they come over and they take out 30 seconds of, of chest presses. Uh, they do not keep going that fast for that long, unless you get a really light band and, and they can be light and they can maintain that for a full 30 seconds but even a moderate intensity band, people do it for the first 10, 15 seconds and they're like, eh, it's not really that bad. And before they get to the 30 seconds, you see a stark decrease at the rate at which they're producing their force. And then you see their face change. <laughs> you see their interaction with you change. So we can do that with a chest press. We can also do that with a row, of course, I'm sure you figured that out. We can do a push and we can do a pull. A lot of times when people do this pull, watch what happens when they do a pull and they do this. Now, when they do that, it's just the shoulder spinning inside the socket right there. So instead of doing this, make sure they're getting the shoulder blades back. Okay? But it's a full retraction while they're doing this exercise. And if you want to add a little interactivity with it, you can do 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, a minute on, a minute off. But you can also tell them uh, every time I say stop on the pullback phase, on the retraction phase, the extension of the shoulder, that's where I want you to hold. Keep it in that position until I say go. And then you're just going to blast out those rows again. And then I wait, I stop. And then when I say stop, you got to hold that again. And you can play that game for a full minute. The challenge is legit and real. So let's go into the next exercise for the bands. Let me just get a little closer so I can see what's going on. We've got sweeps. Sweepstakes. All right. So you have these sweeps. I'm going to angle this way a little bit just so you can see what's going on. So a sweep is this pulling straight down the sweep position. So like a lat sweep. And then we've got this alternating side sweep. And then you can go straight from behind and I'll show you this. I have my palms face the direction that I'm turning. So turn this way, palms go that way. Switch sides, palms go this way. Some people do reverse grip and a foregrip. 
I don't like that, right? I don't like that. So I'm going to teach strategy. Palms go the direction you're turning. Palms go the direction you're turning. Well, if you add, and you don't just stay in this position rotating, but you twist, come up, twist, come up, twist, come up. You're adding a squat and a rotation into it. When you add that squat, it's going to increase that metabolic demand and it's going to increase the intensity at which you perform this exercise. And then the last one I have, oh, I got two more. Um, squat scaptions. And you can even sweep. Right, that right there. You see what's going on? Good. And then as I squat and go overhead, just so you can see, that's all the way up and then squatting down. Certainly too close right now, you know, a little too much flex, but squat overhead with the scaption and then squat down with the sweep. Come up with the overhead and with the sweep. And then the last one would be the reverse lunge. And you're gonna lunge to the side of the leg that's in front. I'm sorry, you sweep to the side of the lead leg. So this is my lead leg here. All right, just sampling those, just tasting this. First of all, it was delicious. Secondly, my heart rate was getting up a little bit. I could tell it's gonna be a good workout and something that I'm gonna program for myself this week. All right, let's look at a review here and then we're gonna practice a few things. So. Review for the work that's going on here is the high intensity interval training, just as an overview. We've got a one-to-one, one-to-two, one-to-three work-to-rest ratio. Here's the, the challenge, is that when you work, right, you start to, to gas yourself and you need to give yourself time to, to replenish some of that. And then you work again immediately and you don't replenish it all the way. So, you're going to start to bonk. That's fine. It's fine. You can bonk. But also, you're going to have to work through a couple of things. One, how intense do you want to perform? Or how much metabolic waste do you want to build up and try to push through? So all of its work, one is high intensity interval training. And as Fabio Kamana put it on the podcast, one is high effort interval training. And I think that both of them actually have their benefits, but what are you really trying to get out of it? And the benefits of high intensity interval training, at least with the research, if with the one-to-one, one-to-two, one-to-three ratio, is pretty incredible uh, as, as it goes through. Our bodyweight exercises. I want you to focus on your speed. How fast can you do it? Kind of like those push-ups, right? When we did the push-ups, this push-up, full range of motion. Here we go that quickly, right? Like this is, a, this is a very difficult exercise for some people. Well, you can probably go partial push-ups and bang those out quickly and you still get a high intensity outcome from it. Is it a great exercise for building strength? Not really, but doing a push-up like that's not designed to build strength. That is designed expressly for increasing the metabolic expenditure. We can do that through running. We can do that through jumping. We can do that through rapid, smaller range of motion push-ups. You can do it through slower, full range of motion, fast, full range of motion. Gassing yourself is important, right? That's, that's the point of it. But understanding how to program it is valuable. So I can't just gas myself and then do another exercise, do another exercise, do another, and that's all I do. Like you don't have to be gifted or educated to just make somebody work until they get sick. You can get anybody off the street right here in New York City. I see a man right over there, got a bag in his hand, a little bald patch on the back of his hand. I'm looking at him right here. I could go over there and say, hey man, give me a hard workout. 
I don't really know anything about it. I will give you a hundred dollars to give me a workout that makes me absolutely gay. And he can say, all right, uh, jump up and down 500 times and then 600 burpees. I'm like, oh, see, this guy must be a good trainer because that would totally torch me. Certainly not. What makes you a good trainer? How you program it. Understanding your work to rest ratio. Understanding that effort is not necessarily intensity, but also giving the breaks where they need to be done and then working when you need to work. Sometimes we're a little chatty and we don't work enough with our clients. And sometimes we give them too much work and don't focus on recovery in between sets. So thinking about all of these things. Towel exercise. There are ropes without the ropes. Adding the towel exercises into your program. Remember early on where I said variety? How was that for some variety for you? Towel exercises are fun. They're challenging. They can be dangerous if you knock uh, a vase over in your apartment or house or hit yourself or a loved one. So be careful with the towels. Work on your technique. Practice it and then have your clients do it. Oh, other things that I wanted to show you with the towels. Here, I did ask for you to get the two smaller towels. So with your two smaller towels, you can just grab a corner. Just grab a corner. And just like we did the, the waves and the smaller towels can be safer because you might be less likely to hit yourself with it, but you can also do the alternating waves that you would do with the ropes. You can do the dusters, but you can also do alternating dusters with this as well. There are a lot of great things you can do for your chops, your slams, all of the same things that you did with a single leg, uh, I'm sorry, with a single larger towel, but you do have more options. I am so low there. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, the band exercises, adding those band exercises. Remember, it's, it's cardio meets resistance training. So if I want to put in something like a shoulder exercise, here's my shoulder circuit for you, right? So I might do a set of dusters. All right. And then go up a little bit higher, like an incline press, and push these out. Now, I thought you said, here's a work to rest ratio. I did. But let's say I only did 15 seconds there. I'm going to do 15 seconds here. So then that's 30 seconds. It's just two different exercises in 30 seconds. Maybe I did 30 seconds with the towel. 30 seconds blasting this out. And of course, the last 10 seconds are going to be awful. That's when you know you're gassed. Take your minute break, two minute break. And again, your two minute break, what you may do is say, all right, well, let's just go with speed squats. Let's go with jumps or squat jumps or scissor jumps. Let's get the lower body working. Let the upper body rest. What's still happening though, is you still have a significant buildup of waste products in your bloodstream. And you might be able to go at this for a little while but eventually you're gonna do one of these sets and you're gonna crash early. And it's not because it's early, it's just you weren't able to buffer all that acid that's been building up in your system. Um, because just because you're changing body parts doesn't mean that you um, got rid of the, the, the acidosis built up in the blood. And when it's built up in the blood, that's systemic, it's not localized. So even though these muscles are tired, they need to, to recoup, but if you go right on and you work the legs, then what you're doing is you're not just exhausting what's going on in the local muscles, you're also building up acid in the bloodstream, and eventually you're not gonna be able to buffer that, and you're gonna gas out. Um, and again, that's part of the challenge, it's part of this metabolic challenge that we're going to have in the workouts that we do. All right, <clears throat> with that being said, I want to, I wanna say thank you. Here, let me get closer and aim this up. 
I want to say thank you for taking time to attend this Optima Summit from NASM. I know this is a challenging thing. Doing this live with me would be so much better. The challenges of seeing a group of people working together, trying to make all of these workouts happen would be absolutely incredible. But for what it's worth, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, time out of your schedule to be with us here at Optima and for choosing this session as part of the, uh, as, as part of the sessions that you've got a chance to choose from, but also in taking the moment to learn a little bit more about high intensity interval training and just some unique ideas of how you can implement different exercises into your programming. I hope this was helpful for you. And if you get an opportunity, please make sure to listen to the NASM CPT podcast. If you have a question for me, feel free to reach out. Uh, next slide with my information on it. Oh, there it is. I'm going to do it. There, I figured it out. All right, uh, rick.richie at nasm.org. It's the NASM website. If you want to find out anything else that you can learn from NASM, to get your continuing education credits, which you get a ton of for coming to Optima. So yes, shout out for that. But also the corrective exercise specialist, performance enhancement specialist, MMA, golf, women's health, special population, seniors, youth, a lot of things to choose from. Uh, if you also want to reach out or follow me on a regular basis, I'm most active on Instagram. So you can hit me up at dr.rickrichie. Thank you for being a part of this. I appreciate your time, your willingness to increase your knowledge base. And I look forward to seeing you again soon.